Well, welcome to church. It's good to have you here on Father's Day. What Brian didn't mention is on Friday, we had a thank you for Brian for the service that he's, he's done with our Dual Warriors. Um, it's a club that is part of our centre. And so we had a time to thank Brian on Friday uh, with the whole club. And it was a great night. So um, when you see Brian thanking for his years, it's been 23 or 24 years. 24? 24. That's a long time. And so um, well done, Brian. It's been a great achievement. And I know um, the, the uh, club really appreciated it on Friday night. But um, where's Mike Furza? He's just taking his kids out. Mike, your kids, all they want is lollies. What is going on? <laughs> I'm sitting there going, what do you feed them? <laughs> Good on you, mate. Anything, anything for a bride to keep them happy, eh? Like, trouble is it gets more expensive as they get older. So uh, it'll be something else by our lollies. But today we're going to pick up the series of the Sermon on the Mount and... Um, we're looking at treasure. Where is your treasure? That's what Jesus was asking his followers. You know, a few weeks ago, I was up having coffee at the Wren, and I could not but help hear the conversation behind me. Um, this guy was quite loud, and um, he was talking to a real estate agent, and it wasn't Ben Jobbins, by the way. It was another real estate agent, and this guy, um, I just heard the conversation. It just took me by complete shock. It shouldn't but it did. And the guy was saying to the real estate agent, I want 3.1 million for my house. Now my tongue just fell to the ground. And, he, and I overheard him talking to the real estate agent. He says, mate, I'm not going to be able to get that. And he goes, you know, I want something bigger and better. And I'm thinking, <laughs> my gosh, what is bigger than 3.1 million dollar house? What are you after, mate? But I could soon realise that this guy was obsessed with treasures on earth. And then when I saw his son pick him up in this flash car, I could just see this is the people that are around Dural Baptist Church because he actually named the suburb of where the house was, which was Kenhurst down the road. So we're living amongst this very affluent area as a church. Yesterday, actually, I was watching... Um, selling Australia and actually Ben Jobbins was on it for a house in Kenhurst and the lady wanted 2.3 million. These are the kind of people that live around our church. You know, Jesus has a lot to say about treasures. In Matthew 6, 19 to 24, Jesus says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For this is the key, for where your treasure is, that is where you'll find your heart. The eye is a lamp of a body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be filled of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And then Jesus says these words to his disciples that he loved. No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Very wise words. You know, there are a number of reasons. There are several reasons 
why people accumulate treasures here on earth. First, it is security. We all want to know that we will be looked after, that we will be taken care of. Not only that, a lot of people find personal worth and their self-esteem and their value in their possessions. See, material possessions and wealth often indicate that people are successful in what they have done in their lives. We feel good about ourselves if we dress, we drive, we dine and we decorate well. Thirdly, is power. With wealth and material success, we believe that we can get what we want. Wealth give us, gives us control over our own fate and over other people. Actually, you can choose to pick where you put your resources. It gives you incredible power. And with that breeds independence. With wealth, I can be my own God and not rely upon anyone else on this planet. Also, pleasure. See, with wealth, we can indulge ourselves over our every fantasy, whether it's exotic holidays, luxurious weddings, the finest dining, or the most splendid home. For the things we treasure actually can govern our lives. See, what we value tugs at our minds and our emotions. It consumes our time and our planning, our daydreaming and every effort to achieve. But you know, as I went through the scriptures this week, they are full of the idea that the earthly treasures will not last it is right through the scriptures. It wasn't just Jesus mentioning it. It's mentioned in the Old Testament. Psalm 49, 16, verse 20 says this. Do not be overawed when a man grows rich, when the splendor of his house increases, for he will take nothing with him when he dies. His splendor will not descend with him. Though while he lived, he counted himself blessed, and men praised you when you prosper. He will join the generations of his fathers who will never see the light of life. A man who has riches without understanding is like the beast that perishes. That is in the Old Testament. You know, this week I read a um, post on someone's Facebook page of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And this summed it up. So if we can put the photo of Arnie, there he is. He was the governor in California. Actually, I visited his office in Sacramento many, many years ago before I came here. But this is what he said. Here he is sleeping underneath the statue of himself, actually in front of the motel, which is named after him. And he wrote this. How times have changed. The reason he wrote the phrase was not because he was old but because he was the governor of California. He inaugurated a hotel with a statue of himself. Ho the hotel staff told Arnold, at a moment you can come and have a room reserved for you. 
When Arnold stepped down as the governor and went to the hotel, the administration refused to give him a room, arguing that he should pay for it, since they were in great need of the room. So he brought a sleeping bag and stood underneath the statue and explained what he wanted to convey. He said this, When I was in an important position, they always complimented me. And when I lost this position, they forgot about me and did not keep the promise. Do not trust your position or the amount of money you have, nor your power, nor your intelligence. It will not last. And then he goes on and says this, trying to teach everyone that when you're important in people's eyes and everyone is your friend, but once you don't benefit their interests, you won't matter. And then he says this, this just sounds like scripture. You are not always who you think you'll be. Nothing lasts forever. That guy was famous in the world's eyes. See, this idea of what you see now in material things will not last. It's a false economy. And the scriptures go over this and over this. Paul picks this up in 2 Corinthians. And he says, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. So fix your eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen, Paul says, is this, is temporary. So what our eyes can see is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. The things that are seen are temporary. It was Job that said, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. You know, I remember taking a funeral at Rookwood and I was talking to the undertaker before the service and he was actually telling me this is the richest place in Sydney. He was actually saying a lot of people get buried with their treasures, with money. I said, where's the site, mate? Show me. But, um, but you can't take it with you. What use of it is in the ground? What use is it? Sorry, I didn't go digging up the graves. See, Jesus knew the things that we would really struggle with treasuring. We tend to move towards the objects which we fix our gaze. This was a real challenge to his disciples. He said, boys, you're either going to fix your eyes on me or you're going to fix your eyes on the things that are seen. And your heart will drift towards the thing you value the most. The heart is powerful. Paul writes this, Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And just a few verses down in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this, 
Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You know, for the disciples back then, to fix their gaze upon Jesus, to treasure Jesus more than anything else, was the key to overcoming materialism. It was rampant back then and it's rampant now. If we are disciples of Jesus, we are to keep our hearts focused on Jesus. And all the other treasures on this world should not come close to comparing to Jesus Christ. The things of earth, they will not bring satisfaction. Andrew mentioned the promises of the Beatitudes last week. They are the things that will truly bring satisfaction to your heart. You know, I love what Andrew said about finding our secret place in a busy culture. The key to this, finding a secret place where we can spend time with God, is this. And I read this the other day. It's in the presence of God which weakens the principalities of this world and the powers of darkness. It's when we step into the presence of God, when we spend time with God, that it weakens the grip of the principalities of this world on our hearts. Jesus is saying to his disciples, treasure me. This will set you free from the principalities of the world. They will not last. I will last. I am eternal. How do we store up treasures in heaven? I went on a word search through the scriptures this week. In Luke 12, 32. Oh my gosh, hang on, I'll just turn that off. It's talking back to me. I thought I turned it off. In Luke 12, 32, 33, it says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. And these words are challenging. Sell your possessions and give them to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted where no thief comes near and no moth to destroy. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. These words, I'm sure, made the first disciples very uncomfortable and made me uncomfortable. Jesus is saying, turn your hearts towards me. The way to lay up treasure in heaven is to keep a loose hold on material things. To sell those possessions in which we indulge ourselves with and give to the poor. In this process, we will bring heaven to earth. You know, last week, Andrew looked at the Lord's Prayer. How many of us in the Western culture actually need to pray, give us a day our daily bread? You know, what would happen if the church in the West actually distributed its wealth? See, we are not to accumulate on this earth. That is a trap. When we start accumulating, we start putting our trust in something else by God. 
I read this the other day. And it's of the American church, but I think the Australian church would be actually not far from its heels. It said this, only 5% of churchgoers in the United States tithe. If the church in America started to tithe, this is what could happen. They could relieve global hunger, starvation, death from preventable diseases within five years. And that would bring heaven to earth to those people. That's the church just in America. Worldly possessions are given to distribute. They are given by God to give. And that comes from the example of Jesus Christ himself. God sent Jesus. He gave his life. When we understand the implications of the gospel as followers of Jesus, we are given to give. In Luke 14, 12, 14, these are Jesus' words. They make us feel uncomfortable. But he knew the struggle that we would have with this. Jesus says, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbours. If you do, they may invite you back. And so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be paid at the resurrection of the righteous. Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come, follow me. The implication of this is this, is that we would be better to invest our money in activities that transform the world, that actually bring heaven to earth to people, than in securities that protect or give us more stuff to accumulate as a surplus. You know, this whole centre is built to bring heaven to earth to people. You know, Friday night, it was such a privilege to sit here. I was sitting on the sound desk, but I was here amongst the warriors. A non-Christian community that use our community that muse this facility. The purpose of everything that exists here at Dural is to bring heaven to earth. The sport ministry is a very powerful tool. Do not underestimate it. I hear people saying at the moment it's not the right thing. It is the right thing for heaven's sake. I've got to say this before I leave. Look at what you got. It is connecting you to your local community. You had 200 people sitting here the other night who don't know Jesus. What other church has that? It is giving you a presence in your local community. This centre is giving you a God-given presence. That is unique. It is giving people a sense of belonging, a sense of community. It is worth it. It is actually priceless. You cannot put a price on reaching people for Christ. You can't do it. 
this place has a real presence in its local community. Bruce mentioned last week in the church meeting, a 3% increase would actually ease some of the financial pressures of the church. Church, this is really important. I don't want to put guilt. That's not what I'm here for. I just want to make sure you see what God is doing amongst you. You are a presence in the local community. The men shared, put on something here yesterday, the community comes. The community actually walk into your buildings. You know how many churches actually struggle to get non-Christian people to walk through their buildings? So many churches in Australia. Yet, Dural, we don't have a problem with non-Christians walking through our facility. We have them every week, every day. We should never take that for granted. It is priceless. You know, can I encourage you that if you're not in the habit of tithing, to actually start? Why do I say that? It's actually healthy for you and your spiritual growth. That is why. Why did Jesus tackle treasures with his disciples? Jesus loved them so much that he was concerned for their spiritual well-being, that he would actually raise the hard issues that would actually take the diversion off Jesus. There is nothing wrong with money. There is nothing wrong with material things in themselves if they are distributed wisely. If we don't distribute and we accumulate more and more, it will dampen your spiritual growth and your passion for Jesus Christ. As simple as that. We are packing up house at the moment. I cannot believe that our house will fit into not even a full semi-trailer load, not even half of one. We've got it down to a quarter of stuff. We've gone through and we've sorted it all out. It is freeing to get rid of your stuff. It is freeing. If we don't, haven't used it in the last 10 years, give it away or actually dump it. That's my theory. It is actually freeing to get rid of material possessions. Jesus said these words to see his disciples flourish. How do we keep our treasures in heaven? I want the fathers to go away and enjoy the day with their family. How do we do this? I believe there are a number of things that we can do. I come back to what Andrew and Monty and Brian have been saying. The Beatitudes are about an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about the heart. It has nothing to do with the externals. Like any relationship, it requires time. The more intimate we are with Jesus, the more we will treasure him and the more we will find that he truly is our only satisfaction in this materialistic world. Some of the disciplines that we need for our soul to grow and to be expanded with Jesus as our treasure is we must spend time in Scripture. We must spend time in intimate prayer with our Father, listening and communicating with Him.
See, when we are awakened to the stunning glory of Jesus Christ, we are filled with a fullness of a joy that transforms our hearts. Jesus changes our hearts from holding on to things into being generous. And we will want to put our resources into people to make a difference in their lives. To keep, to put our treasures in heaven, it's a discipline. We must protect ourselves and put our trust in him. We've got to hold material things lightly. They are a resource that God has given us. If we put them too high, they will dampen your spiritual growth. Finally, we are to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind and our strength. God requires our whole being. That's what he was getting at to his disciples in this text. I am your treasure. I am the only thing on this earth that will last. King David said it like this in the Psalms. I keep the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. If we want heavenly treasures, we must be ready to make sacrifices and hold earthly treasures lightly so they don't get a grip of our heart. Your heart is there for God, nothing else. Let us pray. Father God, what a challenging text. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You cannot serve God and money. God, they are powerful words in a world that is saturated with materialism. God, there are things buying for our attention every day in front of our eyes on the TV screens, in um, mail that we receive to get the latest, to get the newest, to get the biggest, to get whatever. But God, that stuff... It says in scripture, it's all going to not last. It's going to rust. It'll be stolen. It will be destroyed by moth. Lord, the only thing in this world that is going to last is you. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will grow our hearts towards you. Lord, it is actually freeing to put our trust in you and not in things. It brings deep satisfaction. God, thank you that you are the only one who can satisfy our hearts. Lord, you're the only one that we can trust in this world. God, I thank you that you are our treasure. And Lord, I want to pray into this church's financial position. I cannot stand here and not. 
Lord, this church is actually doing some incredible things in being a presence in its local community. God, you know the financial situation of this church. God, I want to pray for a miracle and a breakthrough in the areas of finances in this church. God, I really want to pray for an outpouring of your generosity amongst the people of God here. God, you're an amazing God. God, I thank you for that you call us into your mission of bringing heaven to earth. And Lord, that is why this place exists, to bring heaven to earth in Dural and the hills and in Sydney. God, it's all about bringing people's life-transforming power through Jesus. That's what it's all about. Lord, I want to pray for the summer comp as it starts tomorrow. Lord, I want to pray, Father God, for this new season that is about to start. For all the staff and all the people that have contact with the people that come into this place. God, what an opportunity. Lord, I want to pray your blessing over this church. Thank you for it. It is your church. You love it and you cherish it. Lord, thank you for every person sitting here. Lord, help us to make us, to make you our treasure, I pray. Amen.